Welcome to the latest word from the church at Severn Run. Our church is located in Severn, Maryland, and is easily accessible from anywhere in the D.C. Baltimore area. You can subscribe for regular updates or check in weekly for the latest information by using our website, severinrun.com. Thank you for visiting. And now, today's message. I also just want to say real quick, thank you so much uh, just for the grace that, that, that you showed uh, Marsha and Hannah and I uh, last week. I really do appreciate all the, the videos and the grace that you shared. Um, it, it really does matter. And uh, not wine and pastors take a lot of dings because you, you kind of become a target. Um, you guys give a lot of grace and, and you truly bless. So thank you. We're going to start in a word of prayer and, um, and launch a new series here for these next few weeks. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray today that you'd take the simplicity of your word and drive it home. I ask in the name of Jesus that there would be a change in our thinking that would transform our living. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. So I am almost uh, embarrassed today to preach this message because it is so simple and so profoundly basic. But it is also the foundation of everything that you and I have and have to look forward to. So I'm going to ask you today to, uh, to get ready as we talk about the kingdom revealed. What I want you to, to do more than anything else is to think kingdom. And so today I just want you to repeat with me something that will be a theme that we're going to repeat a lot through the day. And that is to to live kingdom, you have to think kingdom. Ready? Say that with me. To live kingdom. Very good. To live kingdom, you have to. So we want to just take a moment and set the foundation for the next few weeks uh, as Jesus talks in Matthew 13 about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. They're interchangeable terms. The reality is, that when we ignore what Jesus says, we miss what Jesus gives. And it sounds so simple to say we need to pay attention to what Jesus says, right? I mean, that's like in Sunday school. Um, you know, what's the answer to every question? Jesus. Jesus, you know, right? I get that. But, but the truth is that I find in my own life that I often don't listen deeply one of the conversations that my daughter and I have as I attempt to teach her is, oh, I know, I got that. Uh, and that's a variation on the theme of, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How many of that pleases you as a parent, you know? And my response is, honey, if you had it, we wouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> you don't have it. And I think God looks at me so often and says, Drew, you don't have it. You're not listening. So I, I really want to, to develop in us as a community this, this very real sense of listening deeply to what Jesus says in a real world kind of way. Because it's the only way we can receive what Jesus wants to give us. In Luke 12, 32, Jesus says, Do not be afraid, little flock. Don't let fear dominate your living. 
Don't let it make you small and shrink back from the challenges of, of overcoming a broken world. Don't let fear kill you. Why? For your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Now, most of us kind of, you know, we, we hear that and we say, oh, I know that, yeah. But I don't think we know it at all. And I don't think we understand uh, what those words mean that we have received a kingdom. Jesus died to bring an eternal kingdom into your life. You and I live in the kingdom of the world, the kingdom of earth. And, and the reality is that there are kingdoms in conflict. There is a conflict between the kingdom of earth and its values and visions and, and its, its way of being and the values of the kingdom of God. They are two different realms. What is the, the kingdom of God? Well, it is not merely a place, and it is not in the future. The kingdom of God is the realm where God's worth, His authority, and His sovereignty are recognized, and His will is joyfully lived in love. When you and I yield our way to the way of God, when you and I say yes to God and no to ourselves, when you and I actually see the ugliness of our willful brokenness and we reach for the beauty of God's love the kingdom comes and the kingdom flows out through us Jesus came to reveal a kingdom and over and over again in his conversation Jesus worked to reveal what the kingdom of, of God was like to us but most of us and most of the church lives as though the kingdom of God did not exist on earth we don't think about it, we don't talk about it, we don't use kingdom language, and, and that's not just, a, oh yeah, I got it, I know it's there. No, 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 no. If we're not thinking kingdom consciously, then we are unconsciously thinking world, and, and there's no in-between. We need to train ourselves, and I do mean train ourselves to think kingdom first. So I want you to say that with me. Think kingdom first. Why don't you turn to your neighbor in case they were momentarily having an ADD time and thinking about something else and, and just gently and lovingly on either side just invite them to think kingdom first. Thank you guys for helping me with the message. In Matthew 6.33, Jesus gave a command it is not nice moral advice. It's not kind of your hallmark happy thought of the day. It is the command of God. It is the way of life for those who truly would be life connected to God. It is, it is a practice that, that we must do in every area of our life. Our imaginations, our, our, our longings, our pain, our woundedness in everything in life in this world. Jesus said, we're to seek first his kingdom. And what Jesus came to do is to deliver us from the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of earth, and to move us into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God. And for that to happen, you and I have to accept and receive what he's given us, this kingdom. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all the rest of the stuff that you're worried about, It'll be given to you in, in the proper ways. 
I, I just want to say that much of this message is going to be like that conversation I had with my daughter. Oh, I know that. No, 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 you've heard me say it before, but you don't know it, you know? And, and God is saying to me at this point in my spiritual journey, Drew, this is what I want for you. I want you to think kingdom first for the rest of your life, first and last. You see, this is the passion of a, of a believer. If you truly believe in Jesus, not just have religious knowledge, not just uh, have some sort of denominational background, but if you, if you truly are willing to trade the kingdom of this world for the kingdom of our God, then the, the way that is lived is by committing to seek the kingdom first. Your will dies. Uh, money, way down the list. Sexual satisfaction, yeah, no. The kingdom of God is what we seek first. And when, when we put God first, everything else takes its proper place. And that's why Jesus prayed in Matthew 6.10, the possibility that, that the church that is the hope of the world rarely dares to ever believe. Your kingdom come. And, and in the Greek, this is a really hard uh, you know, thing to translate because it's not... It's not a wishful sense. It's not like there's this technical thing called the optative mood, which is like a wish, like, may you have a good day. This is a command. This is an imperative. Your kingdom come and your will be done at some distant point in the future when life isn't so hard. No, your will be done and your kingdom come on earth. Amidst all of our brokenness, all of our need, all of our, our struggle, and it's going to come in all of our weakness in the same way it comes in the strength of heaven. Your will be done on earth in the exact same way it is done in heaven. Can you imagine how heaven runs? And God is saying that same power has been, has been delivered to save the earth. The kingdom has come and, and we are the people who must experience the kingdom and, and spread it to others. Guys, how many of us really expect the kingdom to come in life-changing ways? I have to say that, that I, I do and that I will. And I'm asking you guys to join me in the next few weeks as we, we listen to Jesus revealing the kingdom in parable and story, in life and, and in, in you know, his, his prayer. Everything Jesus does, it is a kingdom-revealing journey. So in Matthew 13... 31 through 32, Jesus told them another parable. A parable is a story uh, about typically one main thing to make one main point. The kingdom of heaven is like. So you got to use your imagination. Um, again, Christians, can I invite you to think? Anybody? All y'all are offended, you know. No, no, sometimes it's act like, like when we're going to believe we have to turn off our brains. Uh-uh. Your brain is part of the image of God and your curiosity, your imagination, your, you know, everything inside of you, all of your faculties, they need to be brought fully to bear in seeking first the kingdom of God. And if you're not yet a believer, I want to challenge you to think and to question and to, to explore um, in a seeking journey. 
So he tells them this parable and says the kingdom of heaven is like. It's, it's more than this. It's many other things. But there's a sense in which what I'm about to tell you describes an essential attribute of the kingdom of, of heaven. It's like a mustard seed. It's small. Now just think about that in, in terms of your life on earth. Some of you are, are here today discouraged because God isn't bigger in the world and bigger in your life and there's pain and there's hurt and there's sorrow. Wait, wait, wait. You got to understand some things about big and small. The kingdom of heaven is like a tiny little mustard seed. And he says, a man took this seed and planted it in his field. And though it's the smallest of all your seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of gardens plants and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. And what Jesus is doing is, is giving us an invitation to, to imagine mystery, to explore uh, through curiosity what this unseen kingdom is like. And he says, it looks like it starts small. It looks insignificant often in the moment. But if you will receive this, and if you will plant it in your life and let it grow and give it time, you will find that it absolutely astonishes you. It surprises you. And it will be more than you ever imagined it would in the beginning. That's what the kingdom of God is like. And so, guys, I, I want to share with you that, that, that in this broken world, broken people die confusing big and small. When we stand before God at the judgment... The essential uh, mistake that will have been made by millions and billions is they missed the bigness of the love of God. It seemed small at the time. It seemed insignificant. So many other things going in life. So many priorities. So many other pursuits going on that this God story just seemed like a nothing. And yet this tiny little seed will prove to be the biggest thing in all of eternity. I want you to understand that, that you and I, as sinful, broken people, and all of us are sinful, every one of us is broken. The scripture says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all are, um, we all are mentally um, you know, darkened, our, our minds are deceived, our desires are, are twisted, we have all substituted our own will for the will of God. We think we know more than we really do. And, and our confusion about big and small is, is, is huge. Now, I need a volunteer. I'm going to do a very complex theological demonstration, okay? And, um, and, I, and, and thank you so much <laughs> for just volunteering. This is complex, this is theologically profound, but I just need to stand right here. Now, if I was a musician, I said, sir, have I ever met you before? Have we ever? <laughs> now, can I have that $100 bill? No, I'm kidding. All right, I, I, I have a very complex um, distinction that I want you to make. Um, I want you to take a look right there. And uh, in fact, if you want to hold that up and show everybody, all right, so they can see it. Everybody got it? Okay, you can put it right back down there. Now, now here's this complex theological question. Which is bigger? All right, let, let's, let's give him a hand. It seems 
so silly and so basic. And I guarantee you each one of us think that our ability to decide big and small is just like rock solid. It's set. I want to suggest to you that the exact opposite is profoundly and subtly true in your life. When I was little, uh, I could not understand how a dime could be worth more than a nickel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which is bigger? And my mom would say, well, the dime is bigger. No, it's not. The nickel is bigger. The truth is that you and I um, have our ability to discern big and small. The essence of what it means to be separated from God is not to be able to tell which is which. And this is subtly woven through all, all, all of life. And, and the truth is, that if you were to assume that your ability to discern big and small, that if you were just to assume that you were wrong most of the time, you'd be on the path to being right. I mean, Bonnie, even in art, um, you know, there are some principles about context and perspective that, that come into play here, right? Yes, yes. And I do believe that Pastor Drew invited me here because this is a very complex art illustration, and I had to design it all myself. So... Um, <laughs> You guys can see that there are two balls here on the screen. Which one is bigger, blue or red? Nice. Well, that's what it would look like, but there are some concepts in art that you learn in your first drawing classes called space and perspective. And we're missing a very crucial part of this picture to know if what you're seeing is actually what is real. So if we could see the next one, um, you see that we are, we're missing the horizon line. And the horizon line actually gives us a very solid um, understanding of what we're looking at and how, how we're looking at it. So, um, you guys feeling really confident that the blue one is the biggest one? Um, so if we put them on the same viewing plane and you guys look at them the same way, then we can kind of, then we can see that the red ball was actually the bigger ball thanks to space and perspective. So All right, you thank you, Bonnie. Yeah. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, the tiniest, smallest of all the seeds, and yet when a man took it and planted it in his field, when he dared to, to embrace the small and plant it and give it time to work and grow, it became the largest of all the, the plants and, and so large that even the birds could come and nest in it. A seed so small that had a tiny sparrow come up and eaten that seed would have walked away looking for another snack now becomes a place that that bird can grow and build a life. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of, of God. And the reality is that, that you and I, as people of the world, think the world is bigger than the kingdom of God. You and I, as people who, who have a will, think our will is the biggest thing in life. And the truth is, if you and I were to assume that we're wrong about what is big and what is small, most of the time we'd be on the path to being right. Now, how many of you have had a big argument over a small, tiny little thing? I want hands. This is confession time. If your hand's not up, I am truly impressed. Come on, how crazy is it? that we'll go nuclear over the smallest stinking stuff. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing. I, when I was young, 
um, I, almost, I almost took an old man out in a, an act of road rage. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to admit it, you know? Um, and, and, and so I'm driving along in my old beat-up Volkswagen Rabbit. Any of y'all remember those? <laughs> this thing was a diesel, had 40 horsepower. I'm rolling along in my dented car, and this, this older man uh, comes right up on my tail as though I was going too slow. It's rush hour traffic. There are people in front of me. We're all going to get to the same place at about the same time. But somehow he believes that whether he was drafting or something, he believes that I wasn't going, and, and he was very aggressive. Suddenly my blood pressure starts to rise, right? And, and, and then he, he changes lanes about two, two feet behind me, and he gets over next to me, and he gives me the look. <laughs> the look is akin to the finger sometimes. And, and it was, it was angry eyes. And, and he comes up and he, and then he does this. He, he does like this into, towards my car. And I'm thinking, oh man, I will take you out. I've got a piece of junk car that's insured and I could use another one. And, and, and I, I looked at him and, and thus began um, my road rage incident, you know, and, and, and he did it a second time. But that point, it's like, dude, I, I'm, let's go for it. I go like this, you know? And I got about two inches from his car. And, and then he comes over and cuts right in front of me. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, I, you know what? I bet you I, we can touch bump. I didn't, but you know? <laughs> and so this tiny little dumb incident suddenly becomes this justice, this battle to be won. You know, I will take old men out. And I will teach old men not to be, you know, a road rager. And, and I can see the headline, you know, pastor uh, takes old man out. <laughs> and I'm seriously going, what am I doing, you know? And honestly, it's like, honestly, I can honestly say that in the years since that, I, I you know, I really, you now Marsha's become Miss Justice, but I, <laughs> she will honk at you if you cut her off, you know? But it's like, honestly, it's, it's just like it's no big deal. So you want to cut in front of me? Okay, I think the sun will rise tomorrow, you know? Um, big and small is always messed up in, in the world. And here's the simple truth. Until a Savior you can't see is bigger than a world you can see. Until a Savior you can't see is bigger than a world that you can see you have TBSCD, Terminal Big Small Confusion Disorder. <laughs> and you're going to get just about everything wrong in life. When the kingdom comes, you, life is resized. And God becomes bigger than, and then you fill in the blank. When we think kingdom... We, we're no longer thinking in the natural realm of the world and we're seeing no longer from uh, the perspective of those balls without a context line. Now we're looking from the perspective of eternity. How will this play in eternity? And we resize things. And so I, please believe me, I'm, you know, I'm 
like a very fallible, frail human being uh, in embarrassing ways. But honestly, I, when I see people who are like, you know, road raging and other things, it's like now I'm wondering what's going on in their lives that they would become so angry. What's life like at home for them? And, and, and I, I pray for that person. Whether it's road rage or whatever else, there are things in your life right now that seem so big. They're, they're threatening to, to take you out and to just suck the life out of life. There, there are things that some of you are pursuing that you think are so big and so important, you're giving your whole life to them. And I'm telling you, in a very short time in eternity, they, they will not matter a hill of beans. This world seems so big and having what it offers seems so important, but the scripture says the world and its desires pass away in 1 John 2.17. But the one who does the will of God lives forever. Jesus said, what is the profit if a person gains the whole world and loses his soul? And of course the implied answer is Nothing. If you're not thinking kingdom, you're thinking world. And, and if you're not thinking kingdom, you're thinking small. And you're gonna suffer from TBSCD and everything that you think is big is really not big and the things that you're considering small, the things of God, the things of grace and love and forgiveness and, and, and the spiritual things you think are so small and irrelevant, those are the very things that will end up being the biggest things in your life. You're broken. I am broken. In our marriages... Some of us are at odds and bad places because we have made something so big and if we were thinking kingdom, we would forgive. If we were thinking kingdom, we would love differently. If we were thinking kingdom, our anger would recede and, and make room for grace to, to come in like the tide. Guys, the call of God is to think kingdom and to seek kingdom first and to resize what, what you think is important. You see, saved people let the kingdom of God become bigger than life to them. They just do. Saved people allow the kingdom of God to become the biggest thing that there is and, and, and in the kingdom of God, small wins every time. Kingdom of heaven is like the smallest of seeds. So one tiny baby boy overcomes all the dictators, the murderers, the terrorists, the thugs, the rapists, and the, all the evil governments of, of all the world to the end of time are all overcome by the smallest. A little baby named Jesus. One young Boy, small in the eyes of the world, marches out onto a field with a sling in his hand and he faces a giant and, and he defeats the impossible because God is with him in the kingdom. 
11 scared disciples who have no education, who are not qualified, who do not have the religious credentials to do anything in front of anybody, but they go and change the world and their impact is still echoing in our time and in our day. The simple reality is that this is the story of the coming of the kingdom in small things and on and on and on it goes until you turn to God and give all your small to watch God win. Seeds take time. Bad things happen quickly. Immaturity always seeks instant. And, and, I, and I realize on earth sometimes, you know, it's just, it's just so hard and life seems to take so long. But, but you just have to get context and perspective for all of eternity. When I was a child, I one time got a little plastic ray gun, and, but I didn't get something else I wanted, and I wanted it. When do three-year-olds want things? You know what I did to my little plastic ray gun? I threw it down. And you know what happened to my treasure that I had built my world upon getting? It shattered into 1,362 pieces. And I stood there astonished that I had just done that <laughs> and that now I had nothing. I wanted what I wanted now and I was mad. Some of you are in the exact same place. You want what you want and you're mad at God that, that you haven't gotten it now. Seeds take time. And the truth is that whatever is bigger to us then Jesus is an idol. Save people, let the kingdom of God, they, they plant the seed, the tiniest seed of faith, and they let the kingdom of God be bigger than life. That, that, that cancer, that, that how could God love me if, if I got cancer? Listen, you're gonna die of something. Whether it's cancer or a car wreck. Pastor Drew, thanks for the encouragement. This world and its desires are passing away. They are going to grow smaller into insignificance. But the kingdom of God is on an opposite track and it's moving in a different direction. You have to think kingdom before cancer. You have to think kingdom before lonely. You have to think kingdom before sad. You have to think kingdom before everything. And when you plant that seed in your life, it grows and changes everything. Let me give you three ways for the kingdom of God to come in you and through you, okay? Number one, you let the Holy Spirit plant a seed of hope in you. God is at work in your life trying to plant the kingdom in you. But to get the kingdom, you have to give up the world. To get the kingdom, you have to trust the bigness of the love of God over the the smallness of the pain of life. So, so you're faced with a situation where the, 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 the Son of God has come into your life and said, I love you, I want you, give your life to me, and now you have to make a choice to whether you're going to keep your life for yourself and do what you want to do or whether you're going to give your life away and, and trust in Him. Let the Holy Spirit plant a seed of hope. 
Dare to believe even in the face of overwhelming doubt. You may think, well, my doubt is so big, there's no way I could hope. The smallest seed of kingdom faith today will change your life, your family, and, and generations to come will be transformed. Whether you're an alcoholic, a drug addict, whether you're just in a bad place, your marriage is, is on the rocks, whether you think you're in a good place, it does not matter if you will dare to put your hope in the smallest, tiniest way in Jesus Christ, that seed of faith will grow forever larger. Secondly, resize big and small in light of eternity. Again, if you're not thinking kingdom first, then just understand that, that you're thinking world first. And if you're thinking world first, then, then, then you're, you've got size all wrong. What you think is big is going to be nothing. What you think is nothing is really big. You're, it's broken and you're backwards. So, so resize things in light of eternity. Um, uh, you know, in the, in the light of the coming judgment and the reward of God. Understand that holiness matters. Uh, understand that some of the things that you're dismissing and, and how you're living and what you're saying, that, that, that they matter. The, the Word of God says in Ephesians, or Hebrews 4.13, nothing in all creation is hidden uh, from God's sight. Everything uh, is uncovered and laid bare before Him the one to him we must all give account. Thirdly, train your brain to think kingdom first. I'm serious. At work, some of you think the kingdom can't come because you work for the government and, and, and the government of God can't overtake the government of man. Seriously, some of y'all like that. Well, I work for the government. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> you know? I work for the King of Kings, and he happens to own this government. Amen? Amen. And, and if you will approach your boss who's giving you trouble, think kingdom first towards him and watch God work. All the things that are so big in your life, there is something bigger still that you need to replace that thing that you're worried about, concerned with. Think kingdom first and watch God resize. The kingdom will grow and the problems and the pain will become smaller. Amen. Amen. So I want you to ask the Holy Spirit in every situation to show you what's big and small. God, I, I'm, I'm mad at my wife because... Because... I just am. <laughs> okay, kingdom, what really will matter? When I am at her deathbed, how will I want to love her well? Does this matter in any way, shape, or form? Well, no. Then stop pouting, little boy. Little girl, too. <laughs> it's time for us to grow up. It's time for us to think kingdom. In everything we do, well, I this and I that. No, I anymore. Think kingdom. Well, I can't do anything. Think kingdom. The kingdom of God has come. Well, you know, here's what I want to do with my life. No, no, no. It doesn't matter what you want to do. The world and its desires are passing away, but the, the kingdom of God is, is, is like the first light of dawn gleaming ever brighter to the full light of day. The kingdom of God has come. Think kingdom. What would thinking kingdom change most in your life? Uh, how would thinking kingdom before me impact your family? How would your family be changed if you took a kingdom approach to living that was serious and dedicated from this day forward? What might the kingdom coming look like at your school or your workplace? How could God change the lives of others through the kingdom coming through you if you thought kingdom? 
How might the Church of Seven Run be changed by you giving all your small to God? All your fears, all your worries, all your pain and loneliness, your depression and sadness, everything that threatens to just oppress you. What if you gave that all to God and, and even with the tiniest mustard seed size of faith, you gave all your small and you watch God grow ever larger over life. That's the invitation for you right now. I'm going to ask you to stand and I'm just going to ask you and I to make a serious, just, just commitment today to think kingdom, to, to surrender and admit that our sizer is broken, to ask God to cure, cure us of, of this, this resizing disorder that we live in. I'm, I'm going to ask you to kneel and to pray, to surrender and to come. There'll be people here to pray with you. I'm going to ask you to make a commitment in your marriage to, to think kingdom. I'm going to ask you to, to rethink how you approach work and interpret it, to think kingdom. I'm going to ask you to take all of your fears and to think kingdom. I'm going to ask you today, seriously, guys, seriously, we have the chance through your surrender and mine today to become a community that can change the world because we allow the kingdom of God to come. And God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it all begins right now in this moment for you and I choosing to surrender. So Father, in the name of Jesus, help us to see what matters most and to give up this world that will not last in exchange for a world that will not end. God, may the mustard seed of faith be planted in hearts all over this building and may lives and families and, and work and business be changed forever because of the faith of your people. God, we pray this in Jesus' name as all God's people say. Thank you for joining us today at the church at Severn Run. Please visit our website at severnrun.com for church service information, staff directories, or for prayer requests. And if you're in the D.C. Baltimore area, we'd love to have you join us at 8187 Telegraph Road in Severn, Maryland. We look forward to worshiping with you.